Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hello, you lovely lot. Before we crack on with this week's episode, I just wanted to share with you some wonderful news that my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, has turned one. Now, for me, this feels like a graduation. It feels like, you know, it's, it's pretty big things. But I think the thing is, is in podcasting terms, I think I think a year's running is, is, is pretty cool. And I want to celebrate and I want to celebrate with you. So throughout April 2021, I am offering any of my online courses at a 50% discount. Now, all the details are in the show notes, but I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. I have four courses at the minute and another one in the pipeline, but four courses. One is Beat Your Anxiety, kygram.com forward slash anxiety. Another one is Breathe Through Your Big Emotions, kygram.com forward slash breathe. The third one is Crack Your Confidence, kygram.com forward slash confidence. You can see the pattern here, can't you? And the fourth one is Self-Care, The Art of Putting Yourself First, kygram.com forward slash self-care. And the thing is, is that if you, uh, basically, the, it, it does what it says on the tin, but you can go and have a look at the information and sort of see if it, if it tickles your fancy. But in the check out. Just type in the coupon code 5050. That's two words together, F-I-F-T-Y, F-I-F-T-Y. So this is just a way of saying thank you for listening to me. And if you need one of these courses, grab it in April because it's 50% off. So without further ado, let's get on with this episode. Much love. Ladies and gents, I am so excited about this. I have my friend Dana Baker-Williams here and um, she's going to talk or we will be talking um, about ADHD and anxiety. And as you well know, anxiety is, um, well, it's a topic close to my heart. So I think we're, we're in for a treat of a discussion here. But first of all, let me introduce you um, to Dana. She, As a coach, Dana takes a practical and positive approach to parenting, which means no added stress, guilt or pressure. Thank goodness. Parenting is not a one-size-fits-all, and Dana knows the toll that stress, anxiety, and ADHD can have on a family. She offers guidance, encouragement, and practical suggestions to make connecting in the family to, to make connecting in the family easier, and to help you parent through the challenges with confidence and a good dose of humour, because that's what we all need. Um, Dana's clients feel an improvement in their relationships quickly, which is what we all want. Subtle shifts and an ability to look at the situation with curiosity and openness, which makes an inordinate and heartwarming difference. Dana, my love, thank you and welcome. I'm so thrilled you're here. 
Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Good. Great. Great to see you. Dana, tell me, because I'm sitting here, and, and for those that can't see, my desk is cluttered with articles that you've written. Um, <laughs> you are cl- clearly a font of all knowledge on this subject. Um, so tell me the reason why. How, how come you get to wear the T-shirt and, and have the badge? Because um, it's it's obviously a bit like, you know, a bit like me. This is a, a subject close to your heart, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so sort of a funny story or bad story. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, how I got into this was that I was traveling to Pasadena a lot for, I worked at Yahoo. And so I wasn't home a lot. Um, and I had my second child and one day I was at the park with her and it came time to lift her up to go home and I couldn't lift her. I, I physically couldn't lift her. And so that took me down a road of getting diagnosed for ages and a really tough time at home because I was not able to give you know, I wasn't able to play with them. I wasn't able to run, all those things. The blessing on that, though, is I had to stop working and I got to stay home. And it was good that I did because when I when I became more um, aware of the situation, Kylie, my daughter, would go to school. And when I was not home, she would have meltdowns and stomach aches. But nobody told me that. Well, I'd heard the meltdowns on the phone but <laughs> with my husband. but. Um, so I just kept pushing and I realized that she had so many challenges. She had tantrums. She couldn't find, she couldn't adapt if we made a change. She couldn't have three people for a play date. It had to be one or two, I mean, one or more. Um, she couldn't remember things at school. And so I started to talk to her teachers and say, hey, something's not right. Something's not right. She was working for five hours of homework in you know, yes. elementary school. Anyway, nobody saw anything but me. And there was all these crazy family dynamics because I had, you know, my own family saying, you're just coddling her. No, something's wrong. Anyway, eventually, a little late to the party, I got her diagnosed. I got her assessed and she was diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety and um, at times some depression. What age was she then, Dana? She was in like fifth grade up through sixth grade um it took me literally years of talking to the to the teachers and I I don't know why and I and I didn't have anywhere to go so I didn't know what I should be doing Yeah. yeah I just didn't know and I felt so alone in my parenting and so singular and so I just thought to myself you know once I got Kylie on track and you know I learned and I just thought no (laughs) parents shouldn't have to go through this because you don't admit it to your friends. You're, you know, you don't. It's not like you're going to say, I have this terrible family dynamic in my house. And it's, it's that mum guilt, isn't it? And it's, it's, yeah. it, and, and whilst we are all going through our own sort of version of whatever the struggles are, we tend to sort of feel that we are being disloyal to our kids if we sort of, you know, tell people that we are struggling. And also yeah. the fact that surely I should know how to parent by now. <laughs> yes, and and the fact that when they're lot little, um, you don't think of anxiety or ADHD. Yeah. You know, when she's yeah, she doesn't have any hyperactivity, and girls get misdiagnosed all the time because of that. Um, and she would sit perfectly well at school, and she would do all her work because she's a perfectionist, and so yeah, nobody was looking for it, and I wasn't looking for it because 
she was a toddler having a tantrum. Didn't know that that meant or could mean anxiety, right? I had no idea. Yeah. And so I just didn't want anyone else to have to go through it alone. I thought somebody needs to be out there helping parents. So that became me. I didn't know at that point that there was such a thing as a parent coach. I just was like, this is bad. I need to, <laughs> someone needs people to go to and help to find and someone to talk to and put support underneath. Um, so that's how I started. And my daughter was amazingly supportive of me. She, she was one of the one, one of them just said, mom, you need to do this. Oh, wow. you're, you're amazing. You need to go do this. So and so about her struggles and her journey, because one of your articles, which, which I absolutely loved. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to put links to these um, in the show notes. Sure, great. Um, was the ADHD s- symptoms in children that no one talks about. Um, t- t- yeah. Tell us, tell us a bit about that. Well, it's a lot of things like, um, well, tantrums, mm-hmm. um, not, a, not adjusting to changes. It can be um, not, it could be a working processing mem- memory issue. So uh, for Kylie, I realized that when she goes to school every morning, she went to school every morning with the same girl. And every morning she'd wake up and every morning she'd ask me the phone number. And she, she literally taught, did this every single morning for years. So I was kind of like, okay, there's definitely something going on here. <laughs> um, and then there's things like not being able to wait in line or uh, not waiting your turn to talk, um, maybe not reading the room. All of those are sort of signs of ADHD. And the thing is with ADHD or anxiety, it comes in so many different forms and it manifests itself completely differently. Uh, no two ADHDs are really alike. The brain is a, a different format in the, in the scans and there's inattentive ADHD, there's um, hyperactivity, there's impulsive. And so it's very difficult because you add all those up in the executive functioning and all of those little three things could be any kid, right? Yeah. They yeah. don't have executive functioning. They don't so it's just hard to know. You could kind of don't think of those things at that age. Or I should say, I don't think of those things at that age. Because you, you said that um, Kylie was a, a perfectionist. So, I mean, surely that must have masked a lot of what was going on anyway. It masked it for the school. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher, well, except in class. So math, which was really her biggest issue before she was diagnosed um, because of her memory processing issue. This, they would just get frustrated. You should know this. You should know this with her, like in middle, in middle school. And uh, I totally forgot where I was going with that. So, oh, yes, it did mask it because she would do really well in school. And I remember when we finally did have her diagnosed and I wanted accommodations in, in high school or middle school, middle school. And they said, well, she does too well. And I thought, what? What do you mean she does too well? And I said, she, you know, she does fine. And I said, I know she does fine, but she's doing fine 10 hours a night. Well, two hours a night. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so you're telling me she needs to fail? And the person was kind of like, pretty much. Thanks. So Kylie has continued to be so determined and such a perfectionist. And she's off in college now. She's basically straight A's all the way through. But but because she worked so hard. <laughs> so how how can I mean that that's 
that's a, a, a lot of pressure to have to work under then. I mean, is is she still, is she able to, I mean, has it been recognized? Well, it obviously has been recognized, but I mean, is she able to do this without burning the candle at both ends or is, is it something that she's learned to live with? It's just something she's learned, she's learned to manage and she is on medication and that made all the difference. Right. And all the difference. If I could just say something, parents, don't be scared of the medication. Try it. It was night and day. Yeah. Uh, And the anxiety medicine, which combined together, especially with, uh, because ADHD and anxiety are often together. Right. Okay. Um, It's a great combination of medicine. And it really did. It just, obviously she still has it. It doesn't disappear, but she could manage it with that medication. She could manage to uh, shut down the impulsivity, for instance, um, and she could concentrate for longer. And it just wasn't as hard because that part of her brain was stimulated. Oh, right. Okay. Got you. Yeah. So, yeah. so how can how can parents sort of, because, um, th- I mean, this is a really hard one because you said that um, there, you know, understandably, no child no two children are really alike I mean there are sort of symptoms that are similar but yeah, how yeah. parents you know sort of from your experience how how can we sort of encourage parents no this is something that you need to sort of you know um um maybe focus on or or, or take seriously rather than oh well it's just a bit of this or it's just a bit of that I mean h- how do we know that actually all this yeah that sounds like my child but is it just sort of you know, is it ADHD or is it something else? Yeah. And it's a great question. And unfortunately, there's not actually a really good answer because um, because the symptoms do overlap just being a kid. Right. Um, but if it's consistent. So if your child is um, consistently asking, what if this? What if that? Right. That's a real key sign of anxiety. If they are clashing with friends, or maybe they don't have as many friends um, as some of the other kids, or they are always bouncing their leg, <laughs> or um, impulsive. So so sometimes they talk when they shouldn't be, they don't give someone else the chance to talk. So it's those types of little things that you may notice and not attribute it to anything. And it's possible it is nothing. But the problem is, is you don't know that until you get it tested or until you see that it's consistent. You know, when she's five or six, they're not that keen to, yeah. to diagnose. Um, and it takes a while. And you do need to kind of keep track of what it was that she was doing that just didn't feel right. So some of it's just mom gut, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of us have stopped trusting, haven't we? Yes. Yes. A lot of us have. And I, sh- I mean, for years, I was literally the only one that saw this. And there isn't a great answer other than listen to your kid and pay attention to your child in a way that if something nigs at you a little bit, it's probably worth paying attention to and starting to track that because it's not going to happen for you. And the only way to really know or to put her through getting the testing, you know, the testing is hours and hours of testing, right? Over many days. So parents don't really want to do that unless they yeah. really feel that there is an issue. But, you know, is your, are there, how is their emotional control? Are they having tantrums? Are they 
sitting still? Are they starting 10 different things and never finishing any of them? Um, lying can be a sign of, you know, a lot of people with ADHD or anxiety can have a tendency to lie more often. Now, my daughter didn't, but um, they can. Another thing that you can look at, and I think that's really important about ADHD, is the mindset that you have as a parent that you help your child with. Because it's really easy. And for the most part, people are like, oh, I have ADHD. You know, it's it's a problem. I'm such a, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. And ADHD has, yes, it definitely brings struggles. But, oh, my gosh, it also has a lot of good things. You know, kids are creative. They take initiative for uh, creativity. They have great dreams and daydreams, and they're very present in the moment. They're fiercely loyal, usually. Um, so while they don't have a ton of friends often, they will have a couple of really like best friends, and that's sort of everything for them. That's what they want. That's how they feel good. Um, they can be super smart. And so there's a lot of good stuff. And I think that the reason I think mindset matters is because how you feel about your, your mm-hmm. ADHD um, can change how you handle academics. It can change how you make friends, whether you tell them, whether you're embarrassed about it, uh, all those things. And I think that really makes a difference. And one of the things that I think is important to tell your child is that this isn't what, who you are. You have this. Yeah, but there's medication to manage it, and there's some good stuff in it too. So, think of your brain as a muscle. You have to practice these things, right? But but it can be changed. You can you can learn this stuff, and you can have this great, fabulous life. And don't let it hold you back. So, when you say you can learn this stuff, what what do you mean? You, the 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 coping strategies and the coping how strategies. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. And just the education that they have to learn, even if they're struggling, like mm. for some languages are, are hard. So it, you always may have those issues where language is not as easy for you or math isn't as easy for you. Yeah. But there are coping strategies and there are learning tactics. I and mean, one of the funniest ones that for some reason flew with us, because um, the kids won't use planners or calendars, really, you know, when they're starting out with this, they just they just don't. And so trying to help Kylie break these, you know, huge projects down or even just your five minute homework, really. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I there's get getting you. it done. And that after that, there's actually turning it in, which <laughs> is a whole nother thing. Um, and so it's how do you get your child to find a way to support themselves? Like, how do we support them and put structure under them? So one of the one of the things for Kylie um, that has helped my clients a lot is if you have a big mirror, like she had a closet mirror in her room, we gave her colored pens and said, go for it, write down, keep track of your assignments, write down the due date, break it into pieces if you want to. And she loved that because it felt like, oh, I'm not supposed to draw my mirror. And it was creative. And she's very creative. So you're quite that. Yeah. So that is that sort of giving them um, coping strategies, but sort of with with their motivation with from their sort of point of view, isn't it? 
Yes, because otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. Otherwise, you're sitting there every day nagging and pushing their your kids. And by the time they go off to college, you're not there. No yeah. structure is there for them anymore. So, boom, you know, that can cause real issues. I have a client right now who said, My son started college. I thought he'd get his ADHD would get so much better. <laughs> it's like, mm, no, because you're taking away the structure, you're taking away all of the support. You're taking away time pressures because you have to figure time management out on your own. Oh, so yeah. no, it's not going to get better. <laughs> so what do you do then? If, if, if your child has for argue, either moving to college or sort of, you know, changing schools or something, how, how can we support our kids with those big changes? I mean, because let's face it, we're, we're, they're going through changes at the minute, aren't they? When we, you know. Yeah. They they have been at school and now they're not. So how do how does how does a parent support a child with ADHD with these changes, big changes in environment? So it's not that different than what parents should do with their teens anyway, but sure. it is harder to do with kids with ADHD. Okay, so teaching them life skills, and I'm going to start with the one that I think is the most important thing to teach your children. Um, and that is self-advocacy. Oh. So I just, again, if I only say one thing on this podcast, you have to get your child to have self-advocacy. Yeah. And to do that is, um, is a challenge. It's something you have to actually practice at. And as parents, when they're trying to get all their independence, we are tempted and scared. So we want to cling on to them. And that is just no good for anybody. Yeah, I totally understanding. Of course, we all do that. But so I think the most important thing is teaching them to be independent and have that independent living and have that ability to ask for what they want, to manage their medicines alone, to negotiate with a roommate. Um, what, another tip I'll give parents that is kind of fun is is budgeting. Right. So you, I, before they go to college, they should understand yep. the value of money. So there's a big way you can do that, like clothing allowance, where they really do have to budget. I want jeans, but I want a top. I can't do both. Yeah. But there's also smaller, like if you're a senior in high, have a senior in high school and suddenly like, oops, I haven't taught budgeting. Here's a tip. Give your child some money. Say, go find a recipe. Pick what you want to eat. Go to the store by yourself. Figure out the money. Get the ingredients. Come home and cook it right there. You've cut really like cool. three things at once and it makes it fun. And what makes it more fun for the kid is if you happen to have extra money, you say, if you can come in under budget, you can have the cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. But you're, you're quite right. Cause you know, it's, I think it is, it's learning those skills, which all kids need to learn, but it's, they do, but it's so much harder. Yeah, but it's adapting it to and, and and whether or not it's sensory processing difficulties, whether or not it's you know it's it doesn't just have to be ADHD, does it? It, it does not. Be, it can be whatever motivates or whatever your child's struggles are. Absolutely, I mean certainly, and you know, uh, anxiety plays into those same issues because you get scared to talk to an adult or you're yep. too scared to make a phone call. Which is another thing that's really funny is parents don't think about this, of course, because we're used to growing up with phones not being an issue. But 
for a lot of kids with ADHD, anxiety, or even just regular teens, this whole new talk on the phone yeah. is, is very new to them and it's very scary. So you may have to sit with your child to make them, to teach them how to make a phone call, let's say about medication, right? I need yeah. to order new medicine or I'm changing pharmacies. Yeah. And to be able to make that phone call, to be able to write the email to your teacher or go talk to your teacher. Again, parents by high school, don't, don't do this. Step back and let your child do that and then be there to support and step in if, if need be. We're, but, we're doing them a disservice by taking over, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons so many kids these days have a hard time freshman year in college. I mean, because yeah. it is a big change, whether you, whether you have any illnesses or disorders or not. Yeah. And you just, you don't grow up in the same way now with this, of course, nobody does. Um, so we do need to take that on ourselves as parents to, to support them, but also to teach them and, and push them some independence, push them responsibility. It's, and, and I think the thing is, is that we get to a stage where um, as parents, it's, oh, for flip's sake, anything for a quiet life. So if we are trying yes. to push our kids, they're going to kick back, aren't they? They're going to push. And, and so it's sometimes yep. it's just, listen, it's easier if I do it or all I don't really want to sort of, you know, upset them. And, and they, you know, they've got other stuff to deal with. So I think that's absolutely. A, but it's a kindness because when they learn to do all this stuff at home where it's safe, and there's less embarrassment or there's less, you know, sort of problems if things go wrong, then they can learn, can't they? Absolutely. And then they can totally thrive and, uh, you know, it's better for all concerned. But yes, it does mean there's some pushback and there's some uh, negotiating that needs to be done. <laughs> um, and you need, to, you need to have a hard line somewhere and and be able to handle that pushback and the slamming of the door and the rolling of the eyes and the, you know, whatever they might dish at you. Yeah. So pick your battles. Maybe don't do it when you're already angry or tired. (laughs) Yes. And don't try everything at once either. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe baby steps. Yeah. But Dana, tell me, because you, you know, you sort of say that um, Kylie had, has ADHD and anxiety. Let's just focus on the anxiety. I mean, what do you do as a mum? I mean, <laughs> because I guess all you want to do is make the hurt go away, to make the struggle go away, and to be able just to wrap her up in cotton wool and just say, there, there, dear. But that's, again, as we're saying, that's not that's not helping, is it? No. So it's, it is really hard to be a parent of an anxious kid. Um, and it's hard to also hard to not say something like, Oh no, you're fine. Yeah. Or no, there's not, you know, there's nothing there. You're fine. Um, or you can do this and all very nice to say as a parent, you're, you're thinking you're wrapping up your kid and supporting them, but honestly that doesn't validate their feelings. And so they feel I'm not being heard. You don't get it. And that's where that you don't get it mom comes from, right? Um, Whether it's bullying or not doing well on a test or, you know, whatever it is, the, the really the biggest step and the best thing we can do first is listen and validate. That doesn't mean you have to say, yes, there's a monster under your bed. You can just say, I, I hear that you're afraid. Should we look and make sure that there's nothing there? Or 
you know, however you would do it, but in a way that is validating that you are hearing their concerns and not telling them, oh, it's nothing, just forget about it. Because that's not helpful and it makes them feel alone and stupid. And, you know, then they probably won't tell you the next time something comes up. So I think validating them and then teaching, you know, we spend a lot of time teaching coping skills, um, counting to three, taking deep breaths. Um, if your child's in the middle of a temper tantrum and you're about to tear your hair out, holding on to them really tight and leaning in instead of running away, because just from a physical standpoint, she or he will feel your heart rate. They will adapt to each other. And literally the nervous system calms down. So, so the best thing you can do is lean in when they're having a problem. Um, I, I and think that speaks volumes because um, I think, and you you wrote it so eloquently in one of your articles, is the fact, and I could actually sort of feel what you were sort of saying, is that I think when we are going through this, we 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 feel the need to take control. We feel the need to sort of grab hold of the situation and and yes. sort of lead them through it. And sometimes, as you say, just holding and surrendering to it is all that actually is probably the best solution. Would that be fair? Certainly when they're, yes, I would say, and certainly when they're younger. Um, and then teaching skills like meditation, which I say that now my daughter doesn't meditate, uh, but I've tried. <laughs> it works for um, some and not for others, doesn't it? It doesn't. It, exercise. Um, if you're in the middle of a panic attack, though, then it's touch something, hear something, smell something. Um yeah. And the parent has to sort of, I, I still sit on the phone sometimes when she's in college and, and listen to her walk across the campus at night or something, if she's nervous, you know, so, so it's being there, it's advocating for her as well as having her advocate for herself. And it's really listening and believing it because I think that's really the key part that changes how they will react and learn is if they know that it's okay to feel this way, and oh, by the way, you're going to get through it. And the more that they do go get through it, and you can show them from another time, let's say if she's in an attack right then, you, okay, okay, do you remember when this happened a year ago? You feel like, you know, you're really scared. You feel like maybe you're going to have a heart attack because your heart's pounding, but, but you're not. Remember, that will go away. It's just, a, it's just your physical function, and it can calm down. So talking them through it as well can be really helpful. Just um, yeah, just reminding reminding them because I think you know when you're going through a bit of panic attack, you can call it anxiety or whatever. You know, I think the the, the mind starts shutting down, doesn't it? And all all the sort of the cognitive reasoning goes out the window. Because I remember um, one child just sat, sort of said to me, he said it was I I didn't realize, but he said I I. I was sort of sitting there. It's like someone's got a concrete breeze block on my chest. And, and I, every yes. single time I thought I was having a heart attack. And he said, and when it happens, I don't have the knowledge to say, no, you're going to be okay. And it's no. terrible. I mean, it, it, it is scary for kids, isn't it? Oh, very it's scary. But yeah, it is very scary. And yes, your brain does shut down when you get um, scared and you get fight, flight or fight. And and you can't really be reasoned with very well. This is why I say, first, be there, validate it, 
tell them you know what they're feeling and that it's okay. Because when you get into the long, you know, you need to calm them down a little bit before they can even hear, okay, try this, try that. Uh, because they just, yeah, they shut down and they don't, can't really hear you and can't really follow you. Yeah. So yeah. what, what are, I mean, what are, just because as you say, we're all, we're all different, but what are the sort of the techniques that you would sort of say to, you know, your clients maybe, you know, sort of if your child has got, uh, 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 maybe is having a panic attack. I mean, I know you sort of said the feel, um, see and touch sort of, uh, or, you know, the, yes. the, the, it's those five senses, isn't it? Yes. Um, and if you can, if your child has already been taught how to do this, I um, find it's very helpful for my clients to have three words. Wow. That they can just cement in their brain that they can then try to latch onto in the middle of this, whether that is I'm okay, whether that is breathe, what whether that is um, music, sometimes it's a song or something, something that, that puts them in a happy place. Yeah. So that they can try to start grasping at that. Yeah. Um, because you're not always going to be with them and yeah. you're not always going to be on the other side of the telephone, for instance. So it's giving them those, those touch points that they can learn and pull out for themselves. Um, it's also something actually I do for my clients, um, even if, they're not having an attack. They just are anxious people. Yeah. And so they go into school as anxious, you know, well, what are the, your top three things? Or usually I ask, you know, what, what are you really good at? Right. Find their strengths and dig that into their brain so that they have that and they can cling to that if something is happening or if nothing else, they can just think to themselves, okay, breathe. I'm scared. Breathe. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, and music and helps. Yeah, in NLP we call it um, anchoring, and it is. It's just yes. finding it. It's finding that reminder, finding that sort of, as you say, the touchstone that sort of is something to cling to, and it's just that reassurance. Because um, you know they they sort of say that it takes you know sort of two minutes for the um, th- for the brain to be flooded with the 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 hormones, be it adrenaline or you know the sort of stress hormones. Cortisone, yeah, and and exactly, and and. Once, you know, if you are able to cling on to something rather than the, oh, my God, oh, my God, and which keeps on perpetuating. But then then on you're hyperventilating on top of it. Yeah. And, and that's why the breathing works, isn't it? Because once that, it, I mean, invariably, once that two minutes is over, you can then start seeing seeing light at the end of the tunnel if indeed you have these touchstones, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. And with breathing, uh, which I think is the most critical thing to teach them yeah. because it is the fastest acting um, way to calm down that your body physiologically calms down. And if you can take even one really deep breath, yeah, 30 seconds and it will calm your heart rate. So yeah. it's really fast if you can do it. It, it. Exactly. But, but this in, in itself, it, it takes practice, doesn't it? Because yes. I mean, you know, the first few times when you don't know what's going on, it can be that real struggle. And I think that's yeah. why as parents of young kids, you know, if indeed they're sort of diagnosed quite young, this is, it's our role to sort of support them and teach them how to do this. So that like Kylie, when they're walking across campus on their <laughs> own, it comes as second nature. 
a lot of the time, not always, right. but yeah. It's not always going to, but yes, exactly. And I think that um, with kids, another thing that's important is talking them through something. So um, if, if they are anxious and asking questions, like you're, I'm flying away, what if the plane goes down? What if you get hurt? What if I lock myself out? You know, these little nonchalant little questions um, can be key. And so trying to work with them even from that young an age and say, okay, well, what are you afraid of? And what do you think yeah. will happen? And, and let's walk through this and see, see how it won't happen. Yeah. You know, that's, just to. That, that's, that's going back to validating, isn't it? It's it is. just hearing oh. them and rather than, oh, you'll be fine. There's all there'll always be a grown-up there. And and it's just it's just hearing what's going on there. And and just as you sort of say, it's it they, they might be little worries, but it's those little things that snowball into the big things, isn't it? Exactly. And I think as a parent, validation is is so huge for for anything every single time, right? Just yeah. or or for adults. I mean, yeah. I'm, Anxious. I don't want someone to just be like, calm down. <laughs> <Don't tell> <laughs> <laughs> that helps nobody. <laughs> but you're quite right. But I think that I mean, I think the message here is is sort of um ADHD and or anxiety and throw them all together. Um, yes, it 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 can and does pose its own challenges, but I think also, um, as your darling daughter has proven, she is still moving on and you know sort of becoming very a very independent young lady and yeah. um is now in college what's she studying neuropsychology and um or neuroscience and psychology yeah and she's very interested in forensics so so we don't having, know <laughs> but the point is is that having whatever these labels are doesn't have to stop you in your tracks does it it does not and and if if you are someone who won't get as far as four year college, maybe you go to a two year college, maybe you get a job. Those are all perfectly valid, great things to do. Take a gap exactly. year, like that. That's the other thing. Don't think there's only one way to be successful because there's not. There's no, exactly. And I I think this is what um, sort of lockdown is teaching us all as well. Is that for so long we were sort of saying to our kids, "You've got your summer exams. You've got to work towards that." And in the UK, we just sort of suddenly did that. Oh, by the way, the summer exams aren't happening, and and it doesn't mean that life's going to grind to a halt, and that we we are able to, you know, yes, life throws us curveballs, whether or not it's globally or individually, but right. we can still get past all those, can't we? And and you know. As as we all do, as we're sort of proving at the minute, it's it's just yeah. a different journey. It, it is a different journey, and it's and it can be a really hard journey, but it can also have good stuff. And as parents, I think you just want to be there. You know, you just want to show up. You want to hear them. You want to listen hard. I think that's really important um, for any child, and especially teens, because they're not going to be like, "Oh, hi, mom, I've had a terrible day, and I'm going to tell you all about it, and then you can help comfort me." Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so you have to listen in their quiet. You do. Um, you have to listen to the silences, don't you? You do. you got to yeah. figure that out. And so yeah. I think validation and just being there with your, for your child is so much of the battle. My love, 
Thank you for sharing your story with us. And and thank, thank you. you so much for um, just offering that reassurance to parents because as we did sort of say, you know, we, we get wrapped up in the in the guilt and the sort of we should be doing it better or is my child all right? And um, we all get through it in the end. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah. So glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Speak soon. Okay. Take care. And before you switch off, don't forget that throughout the month of April 2021, I am offering all my online courses with a 50% discount to celebrate the fact that the Parent and Teen Toolbox has reached the ripe old age of one years old. So when you go into the checkout, don't forget to use the coupon code 5050, F-I-F-T-Y, F-I-F-T-Y. Until next time, much love. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.